Welcome to the Nail Your Nutrition podcast, a podcast focused on nutrition, fueling, intuitive eating, and training for endurance activity. Each week, we put out evidence-based information to help you learn to fuel adequately to ace your training and achieve PRs. You'll hear interviews with sports nutrition experts, new and seasoned athletes, and athletes looking to balance ambitions of fitness and training with family and professional goals. I'm Sarah Schlichter, a sports dietitian and mom to two girls. I'm a huge believer in merging the principles of sports nutrition and intuitive eating. Life's too short to not enjoy your food. You can learn more about my work at bucketlisttummy.com. And I'm Marita, a sports dietitian and mom to two boys in San Antonio, Texas. I work with endurance athletes at my private practice, Eat to Compete. My goal is to help runners and triathletes learn to fuel their training with intuitive eating, heal disordered eating, and become a happier and more resilient athlete. We are two sports dietitians and moms here to break down the nutrition science to make training more fun and approachable for you. Whether you're a novice athlete, a weekend warrior, a mom trying to fit in a consistent exercise schedule, or a top finisher at big races, we want to help you understand the importance of fueling well. We're so glad you're here and would appreciate you sharing this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, like your favorite running buddy or a coworker who trains too. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about all about recovery, recovery after a race. I don't think we've covered this quite yet, and we've gotten some questions and thinking about, from a nutrition standpoint, what should you do for recovery after half marathon, full marathon, Ironman? triathlon, etc. Because we put so much emphasis into the pre-race preparation and, and of course your race plan, but then after the race, you need to take some active efforts as well. Mm-hmm. It's super important, especially if you're someone who is already thinking about your next race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely want to take some time off after, of course. I think the general rule of thumb is like a day for every mile or something like I've that. I've heard that. Which seems... Which which seems really long, especially like if you're doing an Ironman, are you really going to take 140 days off? Probably not, right. right? But hopefully you're taking at least one to two weeks off. But then maybe you're thinking like, oh, I want to hop in and use all this fitness for you know my next race. Like maybe you just did, you know, a triathlon, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to use all this aerobic fitness that I have to train for a fall marathon, and I just did this triathlon in July, whatever it is. So. Make sure that you are really focusing on your nutrition like we're going to talk about today in order to properly recover and be able to bounce back and have another successful training cycle. Yeah. And what you just said, Marita, brings me, reminds me of something. If you're not having energy, like if you don't feel like training again, that could be a sign of overtraining and or undernutrition, which have we done an episode on overtraining? No, we have not. We've done an episode on relative energy deficiency. But we might have to do an episode on overtraining Mm -hmm. because if you're just losing motivation, you don't feel like training, you're empathetic about it, like you have no feelings um, or you're dreading it, that's definitely a sign that you should not push through. And there's definitely some rest and recovery issues there, but also nutrition issues probably that we'd want to initiate then in there. So I think your enthusiasm can can definitely be part of the story. You have to touch base with how you're feeling mentally and physically yep. and emotionally, but also use some common sense. Even if you feel physically great a day after a marathon, you should not go out for a 10-mile run. 100% for sure. Take that day off. Take the next several days off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about what to eat right after you finish your race. The first thing you want to do is to start 
hydrating ASAP. In just an hour of running, individuals can lose between 2 to 6% of their body weight in water. So if you were out there for 3, 4, 5, 6 hours, think of how much body weight and water you've lost. This is very, very significant. So grab that water bottle that they pass out and start to drink that. If they have chocolate milk or anything along those lines, like a lot of races are pairing with protein shakes, grab that even better. Or any type of electrolyte drink because you're going to want to replace the electrolytes you just lost. And those sometimes those electrolyte drinks, drinks can have a, a combo of carbs and protein. Um, so if you can find chocolate milk, go for that. Otherwise, have a combination of regular water and an electrolyte or sports drink. A good rule of thumb is to drink 125 to 150% of the water you lost. That translates to about 16 to 24 ounces of water for each pound lost during exercise. I would say just try to drink 24 ounces of water in that first hour and then 24 ounces again in the, in the second hour. And, and if not just water, but have some kind of combo with electrolytes as well. Yeah, you're you're not going to be weighing yourself after a marathon. I mean, hopefully that's not the first thought that comes to mind. We do I do have some athletes like when we're trying to determine their sweat rate and their hydration plan, we do weigh before and after. Of course, this is independent of a history of disordered eating or eating disorder or anything like that. Um so that's why we have those recommendations, but hopefully you've practiced again. You've done you've practiced your race plan many times leading up to the race, so you should have an idea of how much sweat you've lost and and how much you should be drinking after. For sure. For sure. Okay. Let's talk about food. It's so important to replenish as quickly as possible after finishing your race. If you can start hydrating and eating within 15 to 30 minutes of ending your race, that's awesome. If you're not feeling starving or you have a long time to get back to your car or your shuttle, try to find some liquid calories or something easy to eat like a banana or crackers at the race finish line. You can also stash something in your car if you drove, um, things like a picky bar or another protein or granola bar, a drinkable yogurt or kefir kept in a cooler, a sandwich, a stroop waffle, graham crackers with peanut butter, something that has protein and carbs is super key here. If you're not hungry right after you finish your race, there could be a few reasons for this. Your gut and body are stressed. Remember, you just ran for hours at a time. Sometimes it takes a little bit for your body to catch up and, you know, have those cortisol levels come back down. Stomach cramps after running can also happen, and that can really put the kaboosh on your appetite. Maybe you fueled sufficiently, or maybe you overfueled during the marathon, so you're just not hungry. Dehydration can also um, mess with your hunger signals, and your hunger signals are cued are skewed from exercise. Yeah. So long story short, if even if you're not hungry, again, you have to take some self-care measures here. And you may be used to this from some of your long runs too. So just because you're not feeling that physical hunger does not mean you should not eat. More often than not, this is where clients come to Marita and I because they're having, maybe you don't experience symptoms right away, but down the road, a couple of weeks, a couple of months later, this is when the underfueling really adds up. And this is when maybe your hunger cues start to continue to be blunted. So it's really important to get that carb protein in. Um, we also, we've talked about leucine before when we talk about protein. So leucine is an essential amino acid. It's really great for maintaining and building muscle mass. So specifically, we like to talk about leucine-rich foods here. Um, which is dairy. A lot of dairy foods and meats are high in leucine. And if you are someone plant-based, soy, 
peanuts have a little bit and pea protein could be another option as well. Eggs too have a little bit if you include eggs in your diet. Exactly. It's also really common for people to go out to celebrate after your race, like with brunch or a late lunch. And that can possibly mean a long line of waiting. And then you don't eat for hours after your race. I know I've done this before. I had a half marathon and then I I was in Atlanta and then I took the Marta back up to my in-laws house. And then we waited in line at brunch and I didn't eat for like three hours after my race. And I felt so sick. Like I could barely even eat what I ordered. And I was like, I should have eaten hours ago. This is not smart. And this was like a long, long time ago. So take it from me. Try to eat something sooner than, you know, four or five hours later. If you can eat something within 30 minutes and then have a full meal two hours later, you want to aim for at least 20 grams of protein and 1.2 grams per kilogram of body weight for carbs. So try to have something with both of those. That's really the goal. I remember after my first marathon, we got Mexican and it hit the spot. (laughs) It hit the spot. I was so hungry. I was like the chips, like the salty chips. chips. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like a nice cold beer. Oh my gosh. I'm a beer girl after a race. It it hit the spot. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. Okay. So that's initially short term, right? We're thinking right after the race, rest of the day, you still want to eat consistent meals. Um, That first meal after your run is important, but honestly, subsequent meals are going to be important, like lunch, dinner that night, breakfast the next day. You still need to keep that consistent meal up because recovery takes weeks. If if, um, we're thinking about it's going to be somewhat dependent on how far in your intensity, but it's going to take weeks. So that consistent eating is important. So in the weeks after, let's talk a little bit about reducing post-marathon inflammation. So obviously your body is inflamed. Um, Some of that you might feel physically through soreness in the next few days, like going down steps is really challenging and Mm. painful sometimes. Uh, So that's the physical manifestation you might feel, but there's also just low-key inflammation going on that you might not be attuned to. So inflammation in an acute state is actually positive. Um, So we have some of that inflammation going on. There's stress signals such as nitric oxide, TNF-alpha, COX-2. These are things that we learned about in biochemistry that you don't really need to think about, but they sound scary and complicated, um, and they can be if we're not taking care of them. Okay, let's talk about TNFA. So that can be involved in a bunch of different inflammatory diseases that we don't have to worry about or talk about right now. But it can also downregulate your immune system, meaning you can't recover from those workouts as quickly, which can lead to injury or illness. And then COX-2, like Sarah was talking about, is an enzyme that is inhibited by NSAIDs, which are those inflammatory anti-inflammatory drugs like aspirin or ibuprofen. NSAIDs relieve pain by decreasing the activity of COX-2 since it's the main enzyme in inflammation. When you inhibit COX-2 like from taking ibuprofen, this relieves pain. But we don't want you just popping NSAIDs every day after your race. So this is where proper sports nutrition really plays a role. One thing that has been found to really help with post-inflammation after workouts and especially tough races are tart cherries. These have been shown to inhibit COX-2 enzymes, meaning that you can skip that ibuprofen after a hard workout and eat or drink your way to less pain. And Rita, you have one that you recommend, right? That you like on Amazon. It's it's, um, concentrated. 
the concentrate. Mm-hmm. We can link that for you guys just because you have to drink a lot of tart cherry juice in order to get the um, results that we're going to talk about in a second. But yeah, the concentrate is a really great way. You only have to do one to two tablespoons a day and that helps a lot. So let's talk about post-marathon soreness and inflammation. Researchers set out to assess whether tart cherries can reduce muscle damage by studying runners in the Hood to Coast Relay in Oregon. The runners drank tart cherry juice or a placebo cherry drink twice a day for seven days prior to the race and then twice a day on race day. The runners then reported their pain after the race and found that runners who had the tart cherry juice had less muscle pain than those with the placebo. And then another study looked at 20 marathon runners, so really tiny study, but still a good study. The muscle damage following a marathon was measured after half the participants had consumed either tart cherry juice or a placebo leading up to the race and then after the race. Inflammation was significantly lower in those who drank the tart cherry juice, and their strength was recovered significantly faster. One more study found that symptoms of muscle damage after strength training were only 4% compared to 22%. So I know in those who had the tart cherry juice. So I know strength training is not the same as running, but still, that's a big, that's a big difference. So something to consider. Yeah. And a key, key takeaway I'm hearing is that it's beneficial before and mm-hmm. after. Yeah. Maybe it's something you can implement. Yeah. So this is something, yeah, you could add to your pre-race plan when you're carb loading. Yeah. Um, get that in there the few days, even up to a week before and just make it part of your routine. hundred percent. Definitely. All right. Another good inflammation friendly friend of ours is turmeric. So that's a powerful antioxidant. You've probably heard about it in powder form or a spice. Maybe you add it to your curry or Indian food. But again, this is going to help remove some of the damaging free radicals that are incurred from intense exercise. Several studies have shown just how beneficial turmeric can be for athletes, especially. We actually talk about this a lot in our course. We have a whole module about some of the supplements that we recommend. So one study found that muscle soreness and damage was reduced after just one intense exercise session when subjects took curcumin, which is the main, the main part of turmeric. It's what gives it all of its anti-inflammatory properties. Studies have also found that taking one gram of curcumin daily for eight to 12 weeks reduced arthritis symptoms as well as taking ibuprofen with it. So this translates to about a quarter cup of turmeric daily. That's a lot, um, probably more than you're going to get in your diet, even if you're eating a lot of turmeric curry type foods, but even 180 milligrams a day. So that's about half a tablespoon, which is much more reasonable, reduced pain in people with knee arthritis. So that's an option. You can also get turmeric capsules. Um, You can find that. And again, we talk about that and what we recommend in our course, veterinary nutrition course. Another thing about turmeric that Marita also does a great job reminding me is that it really needs a helper to be absorbed. So you don't just want to take it by itself. Some supplements will have a helper like um, black pepper or a fat like coconut oil or butter in with it. But if not, just take it with black pepper or coconut oil, butter, some sort of fat. That's really going to help it the absorption. So in essence, it's really going to help it take effect. Yeah. And some other antioxidant-rich foods and things to focus on that Sarah touches on are in her wonderful blog post about recovering after a marathon. Vitamin C, vitamin E, beta-carotene, and selenium. These are commonly known for their antioxidant properties, along with things like phytochemicals and anthocyanins. So 
focus on foods that have that are berries, sweet potatoes, grapes, oranges, tomatoes, spinach, and beans. These are some of the most high antioxidant foods that you want to focus on after your race. And all of this, we say just, yes, eating variety of a diet is always good, but after a race, so I actually hear this often because clients will come and maybe they have a goal of weight loss, which is fine. Everyone has their own goals, but we might talk about, well, doing that during marathon training isn't really going to benefit benefit you, especially if you want to PR. Okay, so right after marathon training, someone might think, all right, now's the time to cut calories, cut XYZ. But what we're saying here is that all of these antioxidants, if you're not eating enough food, if you're not eating enough, you're not going to be getting enough nutrients. So you, it's really a slippery slope to just try to cut things out, um, even if you're not training, especially if you're in that immediate two to three week post-training when your body is recovering. I would urge against really yeah. – cutting calories, aiming for weight loss, then really make sure you get your body to a recovered state. Um, and you do that by making sure, mm-hmm. yes, you can have some of these supplements, but make sure you're eating enough food where the nutrients come from. Right. And you don't want to get injured right after a race too. And since you're in such a sensitive state with all that inflammation and you just win this huge race, that probably took a ton of energy out of you. This is not the time to be cutting those calories. And that can really make you more susceptible to injury. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. if you're going to think about jumping into another training cycle. Right. That's a big point. Like depending on when your next race is, you might head right into another training cycle. So the downtime is really going to be beneficial for your body and it's going to matter what you're putting exactly. in Exactly. Okay. Let's talk about hel- electrolytes. You just sweat a ton for that, those miles, whether it was 26.2 or 13.1 or whatever it was. So replenishing those electrolytes is super important. Focus on getting enough sodium in throughout the day by salting your food, eating sodium-rich foods like milk, chocolate milk, processed products like bread and crackers, rotisserie chicken, canned soups, nuts, tomato juice, etc. I feel like you should also continue to have an electrolyte drink at least once a day for the next couple weeks, even if you're not training, just in order to cover those bases and really replenish those electrolytes. So things like Noon, they have the new Scratch Clear or LMNT are really good ones that we recommend. I haven't tried the Scratch Clear yet. I haven't either, but I it's supposed to be a really good one. It's like less carbs and flavor. It's like their answer to, to noon. Um, so it's it's a really good one to bring just in place of water on your yeah, runs I when love, you have fuel. I love all of their products, so I'm sure it's, Scratch. it's really good. Yes. For potassium-rich foods, eat bananas white beans, spinach, and other leafy greens, avocados, potatoes, watermelon, coconut water, legumes, and butternut squash. And then for magnesium-rich foods, really a lot of the same, avocados, nuts, legumes, banana seeds, and dark chocolate, which, hello, have all the dark chocolate you want to replenish that magnesium. Mm -hmm. Magnesium is kind of a tricky one. We, in our diet, we don't eat a lot of magnesium-rich food technically as Americans. So if you want to take a magnesium glycinate, supplement, go for it. You can also take the calm one. I like the now foods, magnesium glycinate, um, supplement as well. Yeah. And on a little bit of an off note now, so Marita and I are both in our third trimester or close to our third trimester of pregnancy. And I've really been focusing on magnesium because when you put the numbers, when you add the numbers up, it is actually pretty hard to get enough in your diet. Like I'll eat a scoop of pumpkin seeds each day because they're one of the most magnesium rich foods, but like oysters, 
even spinach, like you're eating your greens, but it's hard to get that. I think it's 300, 320 milligrams a day. So think about if you are using electrolyte powders, if they are high in magnesium, or like Marita said, um, some sort of supplement. She mentioned now foods, they're great. We, we love them. I also, um, I'm using Thorn. Is it Thorn? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a good one. Yeah. It's always sold out on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's so popular. Yeah. yeah. I just started taking their magnesium um, for mainly to reduce like cramping in my legs during pregnancy yep. and to help sleep. Mm-hmm. But also for for athletes. I mean, if you're getting cramping or anything like that, mm-hmm. make sure you're getting enough magnesium. Mm-hmm. Good for your blood pressure, too. Mm-hmm. Some new studies just came out. Yeah. Just a quick break to share this week's sponsor with you. This week's sponsor is Nature Nate's Honey. Honey isn't just honey. There's an art to making great honey, and it starts with a passion to do things right. That's how they do it at Nature Nate's. They do it right, making sure every bottle is as pure and simple as it is straight from the hive. Look for Nate's bright orange honey bottle the next time you shop for groceries, or try their single-serving packets for fueling during your run, like we talk about often on this podcast. Hydration goes alongside with with electrolytes, right? So we talked a little bit about right after the race, what you should be doing, but let's talk about, you know, days, weeks after. You still should be focusing on hydration. A lot of it also will depend on time of year. And just because if you're heading into late fall, early winter, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be drinking as much. It just probably means you're not going to feel as thirsty. So just make sure you're staying on top of that in the cooler months. Continue drinking throughout the day. A good starting point is half your weight <laughs> in ounces. So again, if you're using your products for years, an athlete, at least yeah. seventy yeah, to definitely. seventy-five ounces well, per we day. Well, we hope this helps you once you start adding fitness back in, though. Race, you'll probably have to go have up from there. Time if you're a heavier, salty sweater, that usually you know, warrants fully, more hydration as well as electrolytes. Just take a break from too. training, a mental and physical Like Marita said, it's a good safety mechanism just to have those electrolytes daily, and also don't just rely. Or whatever supplements it is mixed. All right. Well, I hope this was helpful. Let us know what you want to hear next, and we'll talk to you in a few weeks. That counts for your hydration. It does not just have to be water, and we actually prefer it's not just water because we want to know you're getting other electrolytes and micronutrients in with them too. All right. And lastly, let's talk about protein. When you're not getting enough protein, it makes it that much harder for the muscles to be repaired post-workout. So you might not be seeing training progressions, especially during those intense training cycles. But let's talk about the breakdown after you have a big race. Even though only about 2 to 4% of energy during in- endurance activities comes from protein, protein really has a big profound effect on muscle protein synthesis or growth and breakdown. So after you finish that race or that workout, muscle proteins are being remodeled in order to replace and repair those damaged proteins. This in turn leads to better oxidative capacity, meaning you can go further and faster with less effort. However, if protein intake is low, that muscle can't be replaced and repaired, so you don't get the full benefits of that training session. This is especially true during intense bouts of training. So protein is super important, not only for muscle growth, but also for the formation of hemoglobin, which carries oxygen to exercising muscles. Proteins like branched-chain amino acids, BCAAs, are also critical to repairing muscle damage during exercise and for building lean muscle mass, like Sarah mentioned earlier, especially leucine. So your tips here for protein are to emphasize your whole food sources 
spread protein intake throughout the day. I recommend trying to get at least 20 to 40 grams per meal and then somewhere between 5 to 15 grams per snack. This is a really good time to try to do some meal planning and prep since it's likely that you're going to get hungry suddenly over the next week or two. So if you have you know, some kind of snack, which has a little bit of protein on hand, even like some, a glass of milk or um, a string cheese, or maybe like a dairy-free yogurt, something like that, that you can easily grab when you suddenly get hungry to make sure that you're getting protein and you're not just reaching for carbs. It's also important to have your favorite protein powder on hand. If you feel you've been short on protein, maybe add that to, you know, your favorite morning smoothie or an afternoon smoothie or something like that. Okay, so I wanted to add something on Scratch Clear because obviously I had to just look it up. One thing that I noticed right off the bat for people who do not like artificial sweeteners, um, because Noon has stevia and um, <laughs> Scratch does not have any Scratch Clear. So that's kind of nice. It's four grams of added sugar, but it's real sugar. So if, if you yes. have a very sensitive stomach... Um, that just might be something right. to try. It's also 270 milligrams of sodium. Um, you get a little bit of vitamin C, calcium, a little bit of magnesium, 13 grams of carbs too. So especially if you're training, I'm always a fan for getting little bits of carbs in where you can. And most of the noons don't have carbs. No, no. And they, they focus on the stevia, which can mess can mess with your hormones. It's an artificial, so an artificial sweetener. One thing about I know we're not sponsored by Scratch, guys. Don't worry. One thing about Scratch too is I really like their recovery mix too that you can add in just for the extra um, protein after your workout. So that's something that you could also incorporate after recovery in order to help that to make sure you're getting those carbs and protein. I think that that would be something that would be really good. Mm-hmm. And they do have a vegan mix. So again, we always talk about chocolate milk, like literally yeah. every presentation Sorry, I do, I say chocolate milk, um, but use soy milk. You could use soy yeah. milk. You could use almond milk if you're going to add their vegan recovery mm-hmm. protein mix in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's there's definitely ways around that. I appreciate innovative companies like Scratch Labs. Um, they don't sponsor us, but if they want to, <laughs> we approve of their products. Been using your products for years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, we hope this helps you with your recovery after your race and that you have time off and take time to, you know, just fully, truly recover and just take a break from training, a mental and physical break, and make sure that you are prioritizing your nutrition in order to be fully ready for that next training cycle or whatever it is that you have next. All right. Well, I hope this was helpful. Let us know what you want to hear next, and we'll talk to you in a few weeks. That wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review so others can find it more easily. You can also stay in touch with us by joining our Facebook group, Nutrition for Runners. If you have any requests for future episode topics and more, email us at nailyournutritioncourse1 at gmail.com. Happy fueling! Happy fueling!